put yourself out there, um, be transparent, um, want, yearn for community. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think um, we as ministers, we have this complex of trying to, to, um, to do things, to accomplish things. And, um, you know, if we are not, um, you know, aware, we could, you know, be trying to do stuff on our own strength. Whereas in community, which leads me to my next big point as far as what I've learned, community and, you know, desiring the opinions, you know, of others um, actually breeds creativity, which is the second thing I've learned. Um, You know, God gives us, you know, um, creative wisdom. Of course, he spoke the world into existence. That's a creative act. And as image bearers in Imago Dei, um, we we, we can create on a lower level, but we can still create. Welcome to Faith in the Fold, the podcast for ministry, biblical studies, and Christian living. I'm your host, Kevin Burr. Today I interviewed my friend Robbie John, youth minister for the Bay Area Church of Christ in Tampa, Florida. Robbie and I first met at Harding School of Theology in Memphis, Tennessee, and since then we've had several opportunities to reconnect. I asked Robbie to share with me one or two lessons he's learned in ministry, and what are a few resources he consistently uses to keep himself fresh. Robbie stressed the importance of having mentoring figures in life and ministry, and he also emphasized the value of community for developing creativity. I know Robbie will encourage you and give you some great resources for your own growth. If you enjoy the kinds of conversations we're having here on the podcast, would you be willing to like and subscribe to us, and maybe share us with someone you think might benefit from this? And as always, thank you so much for tuning in today. Well, Robbie, thank you so much, brother, for joining us today. I'm excited to be able to talk with you a little about uh, your time in ministry and maybe some, uh, maybe have you impart some words of wisdom to us here. But before we get into our first question today, let me ask you, tell us a little bit about how long you've been in ministry and what you're doing these days. Oh, man. Um, so post-island life, meaning being in the, in the United States, um, I've probably been in ministry for over 13 years mm-hmm. and um, I'm currently located in sunny Tampa, Florida. I'm actually a youth minister um, for the Bay Area Church of Christ in mm-hmm. Tampa, Florida. Been here, this is my seventh year. So um, I'm not an OG yet, but you know, I'm working on it and enjoying being in youth ministry. So yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Now you mentioned Island Life. Uh, for those uh, who don't know you, um, what particular island is that from? I bet some people would try to guess, but I com- I'm confident they would guess incorrectly based on your accent. Yeah, I think most people default to Jamaica, which is, um, I just don't want to say, <clears throat> it's not an insult to me, but every person from the Caribbean is not from Jamaica. Right, the, there's so, other islands besides Jamaica. Right? There's hundreds of other islands. Yeah. So don't be that guy or that girl, you know, mm-hmm. coming up as you don't know your geography. Everyone with an accent is not from Jamaica. But I'm actually from Dominica, which is called the Nature Island of the Caribbean. Mm-hmm. We actually have 365 rivers, if you can believe it or not. Oh, wow. Um, so I, li- I like to think that I'm from the best island in um, the Caribbean, uh, which everybody, I guess, thinks of. Um, sure, yeah. 
Well, I'm, I'm from the I'm from the best state uh, of the U.S. So, <laughs> and you can see my state flag behind me. I'll just uh, you know, I'll let I'll let everybody else uh, look it up if they don't know what uh, what the TriStar is. I'm not gonna comment on that. I'm just gonna let you walk <laughs> in that territory by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I know where I am too, and I'm 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 brave enough to say it. All right, well, the bravery is needed for your statement. So go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yeah, um, so I grew up I grew up there. Um, I meandered to Trinidad um, as far as um, preaching school is concerned, and then I mm-hmm. found my way to uh, to Harding for undergrad. I did an M in there as well, uh, right after. Mm-hmm. And of course. Um, um, Harding School of Theology, uh, one day also for my MDev. Um, so I guess I'm an orphan now because um, I found my way to ACU. So um, uh, yeah, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, nobody's perfect, Robbie. <laughs> no, you tell me just briefly about uh, kind of what are what are you going to be doing about uh, or what are you going to be doing at ACU? I've been doing a doctor in ministry um, mm-hmm. there. Um, Shout out to Dr. Carson, Carson Reed, yeah, um, Randy Harris, all these guys down there. Uh, yeah, I had the good fortune of uh, growing up listening to Randy Harris preach when wow. he was uh, when he was working at Lipscomb. He worked at the Donaldson Church of Christ, where uh, you before we started recording, uh, you had mentioned preaching minister who works with me, Mark Adams. He and I both grew up at that uh, same congregation, so it's fun. Awesome. Whenever we run into Randy, um, I'm always like. Hey, do you remember me? I was a five-year-old when you started. <laughs> yeah, he was all five-year-olds wherever he's been, right? So, exactly. Yeah. yeah, he's kind enough to re- he's kind enough to say that he does remember me. But we've connected since then. You know, okay. I I ran into him. He, I think he, I think he was alumnus of the year at HST one time when we were there, and uh, we ran over to the um, I was at the Dixon, the you know gardens uh, down the street from. Uh, from campus there yeah, uh, just yeah. off of uh, was it park avenue or something so anyway so robbie you've been in ministry uh long enough to where I, I think you've got some good stuff to share with us today um in your 13 plus years uh of ministry plus had just having grown up in church and being around in those kinds of environments what's one or two lessons that you've learned that you'd be willing to share kind of with us today uh, well, for me, I think the two biggest things, um, number one, um, is community. I think mm-hmm. um, oftentimes, you know, because we do, we engage in different aspects of ministry, say youth ministry or, or family ministry or kids ministry. Uh, sometimes we tend to be and work siloed because um, we have our thing going and we have our, our space in the church. Um, uh, but I think for me personally, um, through mentorship, I learned that you need community that even in uh, not just lesson planning, but even in, um, you know, how you, you flesh out, you know, ministry uh, within your church that you should really um, be, um, you know, cognizant of, you know, partnerships and, yeah. um, you know, involving um, everyone. And so for me personally, I like to think of ministry, like uh, youth ministry as an extension of children's ministry filtering into like college or adult ministry. And so yeah. the first thing is, you know, um, put yourself out there and be transparent. Um, want, yearn for community. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think um, we as ministers, we have this complex of trying to, to, um, to do things, to accomplish things. And, um, you know, if we are not, um, you know, aware, we could, you know, be trying to do stuff on our own strength. 
Whereas in community, which leads me to, leads me to my next big point as far as what I've learned, community and you know desiring the opinions you know of others um, actually breeds creativity, which is the second thing I've learned. Yeah. Um, you know, God gives us you know um, creative wisdom. Of course, He spoke the world into existence. That that's a creative act. And as image bearers in Imago Dei, um, we 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 can create on a low level, but we can still sure. create. Yeah. And so, I mean, just to think about it, it blows my mind that, you know, God has given us, you know, ways and means, you know, of bringing forth the age-old conversation and message into our new modern realities. So, uh, two biggest things, you're in for community, you know, build your community, um, and also, um, you know, be open to be creative. Don't mm -hmm. just get sold on one or two ideas, you know, um, read voraciously, uh, you know, just learn and, and and open your spirit up to being creative. Don't get stuck in, you know, in being one dimensional. Right. Yeah. Rami, so what's funny is, as I could just tell, and I, I just got done recording, it, the episodes will debut at different times, but I just got done recording with our mutual friend, Steve Maxwell uh, from North Atlanta. And basically the, the one piece of advice that he would give young ministers was kind of a, a progression of steps that would help them grow in relationships or basically help them kind of create a community um, you know, and get to know their community within uh, kind of within their context. I was telling him that I think I think almost everybody I've talked with, whether it's you guys have been doing guys have been doing ministry for 40 something years like Jim Martin. Um, who I interviewed a few weeks ago, and guys who are relatively newer in ministry, like uh, like Matt Love, you'd mentioned him before we started rec uh, recording. He's been ministering somewhere in the neighborhood of, I think, 10 years over there at uh, BB Arkansas. All of them have mentioned, you know, everybody in between there has mentioned the importance of community and the importance of relationships. Uh, what I haven't heard, though, is uh, is this other aspect to that, or one of the benefits of community is the ability to grow in creativity. Yeah. I, I, that's an interesting piece. What, it is, what is it about creativity that, that strikes you as, uh, as something worth mentioning today? Why, why bring up creativity here? Well, um, so when the, when the pandemic you know, hit initially, um, you know, I think for everyone, it's sort of a, um, put us in the doldrum in terms of, you know, activities. We couldn't go forward. We couldn't do anything. And so we were just here. Um, and knowing that we still have to serve our churches, you know, with the, um, with the aspect of, you know, media and Zoom and all those things, um, there's, there was a medium that was there for many churches and many ministers untested because they were accustomed of doing ministry in terms of location people sure, drive yeah. into um, the churches and stuff like yeah. that and so what i found personally was that um uh when you know we as staff got together and even myself and even the our children's minister um, when we got together in the office to brainstorm and dream and think about how we could use this medium of you know the internet you know zoom you know facebook live and all those things mm -hmm. you know to still minister you know, we started to brainstorm and her ideas, you know, fed mine and so on and so forth to the point that we were able to come up with something that, that was palatable, you know, for our church, you know, for and for ministries that we, we oversee. And so um, 
creativity cannot happen in an in an abstract environment. Yeah. Matter of fact, the creativity actually allows us to act upon, you know, um, our environment in terms of you know not just a physical environment, but you know human resources, you know, and the people that we 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 exist with. And so, um, dude, I, I, on one level, it was the worst of times because you know COVID nineteen everybody's at home. But on the next level, it was the best of times yeah. because I got to see personally, you know, um, and explore this idea of creativity that creativity that, you know, you know, with the spirit of God, you know, even when things change in society, we can still thrive. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so um, uh, before COVID, you know, I, I, I love to be creative, but I wasn't thinking on, on that level, mm-hmm. um, you know. Uh, during COVID, even post-COVID, well, not post-COVID, because we're still going on in that phase, but, yeah. you know, I just saw the benefit, you know, of dreaming and saying, well, hey, the world has changed, so how do we keep the same age-old gospel, not to change the gospel, but to change the ways that we um, we deliver it, we express it, you know, to our environment, our community. Yeah. And, you know, when we ask that question, and when we brainstorm together, thinking out loud, so many things came out that we were just having a field day, picking out things. Everything did not work, of course. Sure. But you know, the, the, the intent, you know, the, in terms of, you know, trying, you know, um, allowed us to even learn from our failures to the point that, you know, even in failure, we were actually growing and learning, which is mm-hmm. mind-blowing. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, some of the things that I saw a lot of churches have to do was uh, actually take advantage of things that they maybe had attempted somewhat in the past mm-hmm. and eventually grew in. Here's a good example from the church that I worked at in Kentucky. Um, we had, prior to, prior to the pandemic, we had done a little bit, a very little bit with Facebook Live. Mm-hmm. You know, just whatever guy had the newest cell phone with the best camera, we just set up his camera there, you know, for our church of about 90 folks, we just set up his phone there with Facebook live and like, just kind of make sure that it was pointed you know, roughly at our podium. Mm-hmm. I, I got back on the other day, uh, check out their uh, YouTube channel. Cause I'd, I'd seen, I'm a subscribed to them. I'd seen some of their stuff come up and they've got a much different setup these days. It's like, man, guys, you had to wait till I left. <laughs> to get this to get this set up but it's really yeah it's like but it's really great that they've got this really nice setup that's going to serve them well because you know that congregation it had a lot of folks who you know who had justifiable reason to stay to stay kind of cooped up and you know to Mm -hmm. stay away from folks because this time last year we were still trying to figure out how, how all this is being transmitted, masks or no masks, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, it, it was still pretty fresh for, mm. uh, for a lot of us to, to figure out. And so a lot of folks were, were genuinely scared. Um, and, but now, now that we kind of know a little bit more about it, we've still been able to, I think we've been able to find better ways to, or find mm. ways to improve upon the initial attempts that we tried. And you mentioned just a second mm. ago, not everything worked. What were some of the things that, that y'all tried that did work? Were there some things like Facebook Live or YouTube or podcast or interviewing folks? Yeah. Uh, so, did a, like yeah. What, what worked for y'all? I think um, for us, our biggest thing was um, maybe the, um, the Zoom classes. 
-hmm. And um, I'll give an example, even in particular for all your classes. So we actually joined with um, uh, one of our sister churches about half an hour away. Shout cool. out to George Welty, <clears throat> George Peters for that church, um, Northwest St. Peter's of Christ. Mm -hmm. And the youth minister, Casey String. I think Casey is from, um, from Georgia. Okay. So um, with all your groups, um, we combined. And so it just made our community grow. A lot yeah. of these kids went to camp with each other. And so it was like, hey, wow, this one is on that tile, this tile. It was like, like pretty much. Everybody's like, <laughs> happy to be here. Yeah. And so we just changed up the format. Instead of just giving like this regular Bible class, we were doing high low buffalo, which if you don't know what that is, we can, we can probably come back to that it's a game <laughs> okay you know, just telling you how all your day was and stuff like that you know yeah. highs and lows and, and a buffalo of course but um and then you know we would have you know games you know that you saw on tv but we uh, retrofitted you know to the zoom um format you know there was a time where we brought in speakers you know to do different things you know there was a guy i went to school with paul Christ. um he's a missionary down in guatemala mm -hmm. he runs an orphanage we were able to bring him in, you know, um, zoom him in and have a class, you know, on what COVID is like in Guatemala. I mean, yeah, there was no boundaries to how we could do ministry. And we we explored everything. We did everything. We had a virtual camp. We couldn't go to camp like we usually do every summer. So we had a virtual camp where we had speakers from New York. We had B. Chris. Shout out to B. Chris. B. Chris Simpson. Yeah. Came book for us. He, he came up at the end of my uh, episode with Steve. Um I've, I've I, I'm gonna I'm gonna do it again. I I've I've texted B Chris. hadn't heard back from him about being on the podcast. So, you, if you and Steve <laughs> both will say, "Hey man, you know Kevin's trying to get you," <laughs> maybe, maybe he'll listen. I sent him an email today. Actually, I texted him today. Actually, when we're done your this call. So okay, yeah. cool, good. But um, man, just everything just blew open, and and to me, you know, I felt I felt like. Yeah, this is this is the the unstoppable kingdom of God driving forward because like people mm -hmm. are saying, well, the church is closed, and the church never closed. Right. You know, if you know what you are part of, you know, even with a pandemic, you know, the church cannot be closed. And um, even with with this I, these ideas of you know church closed, church open, um, I started to read a book by um, I think Rodney uh, Starks called the the rise of Christianity, mm -hmm. and just to kind of a uh, see even during times of pandemic christians were the first ones to go to those places to minister yeah. to those people and now um, hundreds of years later we are saying um we are hunkering down for everybody else but we are the church we need to we needed to stand up and rise and lead people through this yeah and so it was really really good to see you know as youth ministers and as people even um um uh, i guess spiritual charge of young people to have them um, create a new vision, a new definition for what church is, you know, and what you can do with the spirit of God. So yeah. I have heard for years sermons that say basically the church is not the building, it's the people, right? And we finally had an opportunity to really put that in the practice to basically to call our bluff, right? To see, yeah. okay, do you believe this? And uh, I I think it, I think most folks finally came around to saying yeah yeah we know it's not just the building but it probably mm -hmm. took some people a long time to realize like oh yeah maybe i can still be still be an effective minister uh, whether whether you're paid on staff or not i can still yeah. minister effectively outside of those walls beyond that location 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's interesting that um, you say that because I think a lot of churches, you know, did suffer because um, they had the theory down, but they never really believed it. And when when the practicality came up, you know, Mm -hmm. they just never showed. I mean, you know, there are evangelical churches who actually did great, who actually, there are some people who actually grew during COVID. Yeah. Because of, you know, the creative license that they took. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I think for our churches as well, I think um, some people did well, but for a lot of people, uh, they just, um, they just went away. They, they couldn't, they couldn't take a step forward because they did not know how to. And I think um, it just begs the question, hey, yes, we, we, we preach the gospel, but, you know, I, as time changes, we, we cannot just do this, the, the, the very same things in the very same ways. You know, we have to innovate so to speak yeah. to be able to reach people and, and walk people through those times so yeah 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 and i heard you say earlier too that we we're not changing the gospel we're not innovating on the message yeah. but the presentation mm-hmm. i mean jesus jesus didn't need iMovie or final cut pro <laughs> you know he didn't he didn't have uh have fancy microphones or zoom yeah but he um you know he had connection Mm-hmm. He had yeah, story. He used story, you know, exactly. the big thing in that in that in that um time, and people connected to it because uh, that was part of the, the cultural fabric. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Robbie, I, I I like that perspective, man. I like that perspective, especially this notion too. Um, to go back to something that we had mentioned earlier, this notion that creativity does not exist in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of knitting yourselves together with other folks who are who are like-minded specifically mm-hmm. christ like minded and are driving all of you towards god-defined good right like being yeah. like being truly knitted t- with people who are who want what is truly def- as god would define good all of that really really kind of um kind of creates uh conditions for flourishing yeah or human flourishing that i think are just not possible outside of the the work of of jesus and the power of the holy spirit mm-hmm. yeah. yeah and that in the midst of this uh this kind of suffering that we saw last year we were also able to juxta see more clearly maybe a juxtaposition of kind of the heights that that the church could reach mm-hmm. were they continuing to step out in faith yeah in the midst of all these all these deep lows um are you a switch i know you're a music guy are you a switchfoot fan yes i am i am I okay am. um actually it was to not to switch foot um when i was at harding actually cool yeah okay um, yeah so they've got a song that i have I, i've loved ever since i was at harding um the the a song title is the shadow proves the sunshine. The shadow proves the sunshine. So like, how do you know that there is? How do you know that there's light and goodness in the world? Well, you can see it by comparison with the darkness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's only there's only shadows when something is blocking the light. Yeah, yeah. and so the fact that there is a shadow tells us that there is something greater higher better that is that is contrasting with that 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 song has stuck with me ever ever since i heard it and i think last year we were able to see 
kind of how that how that really plays out. Yeah. Yeah. And I think you mentioned the aspect of faith that, you know, if you didn't step out on faith, you, you wouldn't have realized that you wouldn't have even experienced that. And um, it's sad when your church is, you know, actually closed. Actually, there was a few um, a few clicks from where I'm at who actually did close because yeah. you know, they had low numbers to begin with. And then when COVID hit, they could not, you know, adjust. So, you know, yeah. um, that doesn't speak well concerning people who are infused with the spirit of God. I think, mm-hmm. you know, we need to do much better. And I'm not asking for the impossible, but God is the God of the impossible. So. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm reminded of, of somebody who said something that, you know, all things are possible with God. <laughs> <laughs> somebody said that, I think. Right. Part of this community that you've just talked about knitting yourself with, and it surely involves folks that you would consider peers, mm-hmm. folks that are kind of in the trenches with you, yeah. have been doing it a, a, about the same amount of time as you. What about folks that you would consider mentor figures? Who, yeah. who are maybe a couple of those? Yeah, what exactly. is it about a mentoring relationship that has helped you grow? Um, so um, for one thing, um, uh, life has um, observatory moments that mm-hmm. help build your character and perspective um, because there are a lot of angles to life and as you live you're only privy to your angle and so for me personally um, there's a little uh, minister that I meet with every month we have lunch and he's the lead minister for a church about half an hour from where I'm from and um, you know He's in a different context um, as far as different ministry and all that. Um, but we are almost the same age. And so I try to bounce ideas off of him and um, we try to talk through situations and scenarios. Um, I try to have like uh, two or three guys that I, I kind of um, talk to on a weekly basis um, just because it's more manageable. And whenever you're dealing with, you know, yourself, your spirit, your spiritual transformation, you have to deal with people that you could trust. And um, we trust you. Yeah. So with him, um, he, he reminded me, you know, of the aspect of family. Basically that, um, yes, you're trying to innovate and do different things for the church, but remember your family, remember home life um, and those relational ecosystems that you're a part of, you know, that, you know, needs your input and your direction. So um, for me, um, listening to the voices of others, um, there are mentors who I hold there that, you know, we are, we don't they don't even know that they're my mentors because mm-hmm. I'm actually just observing them, observing maybe like the um, the podcast or the YouTube channel, and learning um, concerning their flavor of life and their experiences. Yeah. This is not just religious. I think um, people you know tend to think that um, you know you only learn stuff you know about spirituality in church. You know, um, whereas um, every human being that that seeks to live a conscious life. You can learn from them. So for me to round up as far as mentorship, um, there's a few guys, you know, within the church realm that I, I meet with every month to, to talk through things, or ask their opinions on things. Um, you know, because sometimes you can think, you know, that you know you're the um, encyclopedia, the Britannica for all information ministry wise. Yeah. And it's not just the case. You know, you have to have different aspects, different perspectives, so that you know you could be you know more aware of you know your surroundings and how to navigate how to treat people how to deal with people how to manage people how to manage personalities and all that stuff 
And in a general way, you know, there are some podcasts that I follow and people that I follow on YouTube and stuff to kind of look at how they do live. And I learned from that as well. So. Yeah. yeah. I like how you've got a variety of, uh, of sources that you draw from. Um, and especially too, like picking a handful of folks that you, you just kind of watch and, yeah. uh, and follow through. Um, I was listening actually to somebody that I would, I would consider probably something of a mentor figure, but um, yeah, I've never met this person in real life. You know, I, I, yeah. I've got some of their books. I've listened to some of their podcasts. My, my friends and I talk about some of the things that they, that this person has written before. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he had mentioned in something that he had released a couple of weeks ago about how, how our ideals are really in some ways kind of, kind of like a judge because an ideal is a goal or something that you aim towards. Mm. And so you can consistently assess your efforts or assess your growth, your trajectory based on this ideal. And that really, that really struck with me that that really stuck with me because it, uh, it, I mean, Jesus, right. In, in that way, also, you can think of Jesus as someone who is an ideal, but then also judge because he is, he is the person to whom I am constantly aiming my trajectory. Mm -hmm. It's just funny that you mentioned that because I feel like I've seen that true in my own life. I wouldn't have called this, this YouTube personality a mentor, (laughs) (laughs) but they are in a sense, I guess, based on, based on how you've, how you've kind of described that. I mean, if you, um, if yeah, you, go ahead. Even if a conventional definition for mentor, I mean, I think that is included as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, it does necessitate that you know you have to have a personal relationship to learn from somebody. Um, so yeah, true. Yeah, very true. Have you yourself been able to do any mentoring with folks who are kind of coming up through ministry or or in your youth ministry that you would? kind of view yourself as, you know, particularly like I, I'm particularly in this kind of relationship with this person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's a couple of students um, who've actually really um, uh, needed and wanted that type of relationship. So whenever the COVID-19 thing started, you know, we spent more time together in terms of even just calling and, you know, um, dialoguing. Um, there was a few who wanted to figure out, you know, life, you know, after COVID. So, um, we we're talking about um, internships and different things, um, but yeah, there's a few that you know actually reached out, which is you know, if you figure how kids are sometimes, you know, uh, they might not you know be so transparent in asking for help. Um, yeah. But it was good to see that we had that relationship that we had cultivated over the years to where you know they could be vulnerable um, and and actually had something to teach. Um, usually. Um, even with the format we did as far as youth ministry, um, our Wednesday night format, the joint um, Zoom sessions, I think it gave me a chance as well for them to see, you know, the other youth minister and the other kids, mm-hmm. you know, um, to learn from that um, setting as well. So, yeah. Yeah. I like that. I had, um, <clears throat> I've mentioned this uh, in, in some earlier episode on the podcast. I think it was around 2016 where uh, a student who had been in the youth group where I had interned uh, for a couple of summers um, back in 2011 and 2012, um, he had, uh, he called me up one day 
it's like, hey, Kevin, I was talking about um, about mentors with my friends. He was an undergraduate student at Lipscomb at the time. Mm-hmm. I've been talking about you know mentors with my friends, and we all kind of thought that it would be good for us to have somebody that we kind of officially recognized, you know, sort of formally recognized as our mentor. And I was wondering if you'd be willing to do that. Actually, uh, yes. The reason why I said yes so quickly is because I'm an awesome person. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Where's the the button for the boo? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, No, the, the reason why I said yes so quickly it was actually the opposite. I, it wasn't because I was so awesome. It was because ju- literally just days before that, I had been complaining to my wife. I really felt like I have missed out on some opportunity. I, I think that I could grow more if I had somebody that, you know, th- they and I both formally recognized our interaction as a mentor mentee type relationship if mm-hmm. i if i could find somebody you know here i was complaining although i never actually reached out to anybody to yeah. say them like so like like this 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 young man who actually had the guts to step out and say hey kevin would you be willing to do this i i just never did that yeah and so it was funny to hear just days after that conversation god Kind of saying, okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Are you willing to give what you want to receive? Yeah, because that was basically the question. Like, are yeah. you willing to, are you willing to give what you would want to receive? And um, you know, in the course of of that time for the last uh, four or five years now, he and I have both grown a lot. Yeah, in uh, in that in that role. Um, it's interesting how, I, how I think that's something that's so very necessary, but I I hear, I hear less about it these days than maybe I have in the past. Folks that you and I would look at, um, I mean, we we uh, we overlapped uh, quite a bit there in Memphis. Um, when did when did you start? Um, HST. Um, HST. I think I started in um, 2010. I think. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So that's when I started. Yeah. So we started at the same time. I just remember hearing guys like Alan Black and um, I think I think Rick Oster, a lot of folks like that. I remember he, and uh, and Everett Hufford as well. I remember hearing them talk about you know such and so you know so and so was kind of a mentor figure or all like that and. I remember thinking, have I missed out on something? I don't, I don't think like I've got that. I really feel like I should use it though if I want to be like these guys that I'm that I'm taking classes with. Yeah. So that's I, I I spend a lot of time talking about that because I I think that that's incredibly valuable and I, and have only recently come to see the really the necessity of that. I mean, I think maybe in your life it was always there, but maybe in a very non-traditional way. Maybe. Um, I mean, the reason why the, the guy called you <clears throat> at first to say, hey, could you be my mentor? Is because maybe he saw something that you were doing, you know, as far as you live your life. And so um, the power of witness, I think, you know, sometimes we, we downplay. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are watching how we live our lives. And for me, I had to learn that specifically during the um, 
um, the beginnings of um, COVID-19 because, you know, uh, at first, a lot of the kids didn't, wouldn't show up to class, even now. Um, and so I took that personal. Um, there were times when I was frustrated, um, when, you know, I, I bore it all, so to speak. And, uh, um, you know, I promised myself that whenever I would come to class, even if there was like two or three kids on there, or 15 kids, that I would keep the same energy level. Yeah. And I think because of that, you know, I don't know what's going to, um, how a kid is being formed internally um, in terms of, you know, how, how, how they see Christianity and how Christianity affects people and their emotions. So maybe in five years, 10 years, you know, they might have this picture of what I try to do that would help them in some way or somehow. But, you know, you never know. People are always watching. And so our first job is to be faithful, do the next faithful thing. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what you 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 did, which is why you guys said, "Hey, I might I might just call up Kevin and see if you want to be my mentor." Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, I like what you said there, though. Our, you know, <clears throat> despite who's watching, our next job is to do the faithful thing. Yeah, that's um that's good, Robbie. I like that. I brought Rob- it, but you know, I what, don't what know you where I it from, so that's fine. Oh, okay, we'll quote you here. Yeah, we'll quote you here. Um. In addition to uh, these mentoring relationships that have helped you grow and kind of help you, um, you know, be sharpened, I'm reminded of the proverb, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. In addition to those kinds of relationships, are there you know, particular resources or, or other practices that you have or that have developed over the years that kind of help you grow and, and stay fresh? Something that you might be able to share, maybe a couple of things with us about this. Sure. Um, <clears throat> I love Seedbed. So Seedbed is actually a YouTube channel that's, um, I think, run by um, your university, your old. Yeah, Asbury <laughs> Theological Seminary. They've got a lot of good stuff. Yeah. I mean, I actually took a class at Asbury, the Orlando campus, um, uh, for one of the subjects I had to fulfill for HSD. Okay. Yeah. Um, cool. But uh, I think you'd mentioned that to me a long time ago. Yeah. But Seedbed, man, is like, it's not elongated. It's really, you know, um, a little more than short PP statements, but, you know, it, five minutes to maybe 18, 20 minutes, you can have a good wholesome discussion or things to chew on as far as, you mm-hmm. know, um, topics, you know, from Old Testament, New Testament, um, themes and stuff like that. Yeah. So I love, love to, like, delve into that, especially from a time constraint. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to feel like I'm getting something and I'm in the process or staying ahead of the, I guess, the current conversations in theology. Yeah. And so that's been great for me. For um, folks who might not have heard you clearly enough, uh, I, I, the audio cut out just a second and it like sped back up that the recording might be a little laggy. The audio recording might be fine, but that's seed bed, mm-hmm. seed bed, like S E E D B E D seed bed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was the next thing you're going to say? Now um, this is a little more sporadic, but um, on YouTube, there's everything that NT Wright has put out in terms of the pandemic and discussions yeah. and podcasts. Um, I think there was one concerning um, the, the vaccine and that they did with a, a biochemist, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, some guy who wrote something about a book about the genes, um, about genes. I can't remember his name right now, but um, they had a, I guess they had like a, a, a Zoom meeting and then they played guitar together singing. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Nt right was uh, Francis Collins. Is that him? Collins, yeah. Francis Collins, yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> and it I was fascinating that. to see like how science, you know, met 
um, religion in, in a way that they complement each other. Yeah. And so I'll do that from time to time. Um, I also coach soccer. So whenever I, I'm making that drive, you know, I'm listening to stuff from NTRI or maybe like another scholar mm-hmm. on things that I'm interested in. Because um, I always want to be, you know, growing spiritually, but also being able to um, uh, understand, you know, the lingo in terms of theological discourse that's, you know, happening now. Yeah. Um, and aside from that, man, I just, I like books. I love to read. <laughs> So, Weird. <laughs> they're about to get a doctorate. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't like to read, then you can't get a doctorate, right? So, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, um, for the past couple of, of months, um, I've been doing a lot of reading. Um, I have a few recommendations, if I could. Um, uh, one of the guys that I like is John Mark Hicks. Um, I started off um, during COVID with um, uh, these two. Uh, mm-hmm. One. To and for, for those who are just listening, Robbie's got uh, Searching for the Pattern for mm-hmm. by John Mark Hicks and another book by John Mark Hicks called Women Serving God. Yeah, I've got I've started searching for the pattern and then I started a new job. And so I haven't <laughs> been able to finish. I have Women Serving God, but also haven't been able to start that yet because I'm 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 adjuncting mm-hmm. and teaching two classes <laughs> for church. So like, yeah, it's not that you have, you don't have anything to do, right? So. <laughs> And I decided to start a podcast on top of that too. Yeah. But I mean, as far as um, you're just church history and women in churches of Christ, I think, man, this, this is such a good resource as far as um, they are. I guess they are both companions. You read one off of the other. Mm-hmm. Um, so they kind of go together. Yeah. Aside from that, um, as I mentioned, you know, this is I'll, a pretty I'll, good read. Before you get to that one, I'll throw in another word to, yeah. word for John Mark Hicks. I, I occasionally run into him occasionally like a Christian scholars conference or yeah. Yeah, something along those lines. Um, but his, his online presence is where I know him the most. Cause that, really? that's where I, where I see him and interact with him the most. Yeah. And um, he and I would come to some different conclusions on things, but I always feel like he respects people that he disagrees with. Yeah. He mm-hmm. is one of the, the least, or he, he's never bombastic. He's never, uh he will argue but he's never argumentative if that makes yeah, sense that's make that's sense. something that's yeah. a distinction that bob turner made or at the time of recording earlier this week when i interviewed him he and i talked about how to disagree without being a jerk and i <laughs> i i wonder i asked bob he's like bob did you pitch this idea to me because you have a lot of experience being a jerk <laughs> and, he, and he, he was gracious enough to play along uh for a little bit but, you know, Dr. Hicks will be happy to argue his position, but he'll never belittle you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He, he will honor you as, as a person made in, in God's image. And, you know, it, if there were one person that I, you know, absolutely had to, had to mirror myself, you know, and mm-hmm. how I treat others, even those with whom I disagree, uh, John Mark Hicks would be at the top of that list. So yeah. that's my recommendation for him as a person. I haven't read all of his stuff. Okay. So like, I'm not, that's not a wholehearted recommendation of, of what he says. Just to him as a person, he's a good person to, you know, to follow and, and take a look at. So, I mean, even in, even if in how he writes uh, the last two pieces, he actually has a section where he brings in people from different backgrounds, women and men mm-hmm. to weigh in on what he wrote. Yeah. He's writing, but he's writing in community, which is a beautiful thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's good stuff. All right. There's another one too uh, that you had that you're going to show. Yeah. So um, this is recommended by NT, right? Okay. Um, 
the rise of Christianity by uh, Rodney Stark. Okay. Basically, um, if you want to have a perspective on how Christians should think and act during a pandemic, this is a go-to book. Um, the rise of and that's Rodney Stark. Yeah, Rodney Stark. Any relation to Tony? Sorry. <laughs> I knew you would have gone there. <laughs> Uh, my apologies to uh, to Marvel fans everywhere. Maybe just semantically, but that's it. That's about yeah. it. And the last two, of course, I would recommend. I mean, you know, this book sounded super expensive, but I'm a book junkie. But <laughs> book junkie. From um, Creech, this Robert Creech, um, Family Systems and Congregational Life by Robert Creech. Yeah, if you're familiar with the the Bowen system theory. All right, I, this is apparently something I need to get on because in my interview with uh, with my preaching minister here, Mark Adams, um, mm. he mentions that. Uh, Jim Martin, I think, mentioned something along those lines. Had somebody make a comment on that uh, on one of the venues where I shared that video, and he referred to Bowen Systems Theory. Um, my my time at Harding School of Theology, I for my uh, for my electives, it was all stuff like, you know advanced hebrew exegesis and additional greek language-based seminars and synoptics and stuff like that um <laughs> i didn't expect that i would need to know how how families and systems work i, I might have missed something <laughs> i'm glad i did what i did but it really seems like i might have missed something and this is a good place to start right yeah and there's still time so you can actually redeem the time all right so, <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not totally lost yet. You're not lost yet. You're good. You're good. Yeah, and that's spelled C R E E C H. Robert. Yeah, Creech. Robert Creech. Ah, Robert Creech. Yeah. 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 What is it about that one that you uh, that you find valuable? So basically, um, the systems are kind of a scientific approach to um, looking at relational ecosystems. Mm -hmm. But um, personally, in a congregation, it, it allows you to see, you know, how people. Um, navigate relationships you know mm. how they triangle how they assess you know hurting pains how they internalize all that stuff and it allows you to do it from the standpoint of understanding understanding your own self and your own feelings so that you could actually go into a situation or observe a situation whether it's in your family or whether it's in the congregation and be objective mm -hmm. where you don't take things personal but you can see that what is going on is, I guess, a, um, a buildup of things from the past in terms of family systems, interactions, you know, um, types of families that people bring to the table in yeah. their present relationships. And so um, I think for me, it allows me personally to be objective and to understand my, my triggers and the things that I need to work on so that when I'm evaluating how I act with the kids, my wife, you know, church, folk, clergy, uh, so get to the press with clergy, um, so, so, so I can recognize things, so that I could be able to be a mature actor in the situation, as opposed yeah. to just a reactor. So I, I like the differentiation: uh, an actor rather than a reactor. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. yeah Tony good. Stark's reactor. Oh, there is it oh, brought it back man. full circle, man. Oh, I got man. it. <laughs> that was good. That was pretty good. I like that. I like that. Was there another one that you had to? to? Yeah, uh, so this one is by, um, I think he works with the Fuller Youth Institute in California. Okay. His name is uh, Scott Cormode, and he wrote this one called The Innovative Church. The Innovative Church by Scott Cormode, not Commode. Commode. Not a Cormode. C-O-R-M-O-D-E. Yeah, Cormode. Yeah, Cormode. It's a different thing. Yeah, different. <laughs> yeah. 
so his thing is that basically um, the world has changed and we as Christians, we need to take the, the word of God and um, use it in a way that the world could um, recognize. So we have to adapt, not the word in terms of changing the message, but right. adapt how we, how we, how we, we make it disponible um, to people. So, yeah. Yeah. I saw something the other day that, uh, that I thought was pretty interesting. I'm, I'm not going to try to give a ton of specifics because I, I saw it for a grand total of maybe 30 seconds. There's just some graph that somebody gave where it's like, you know, in terms of human development, mm-hmm. you know, the very first thing that we, that we learned how to do was, um, you know, was speaking, right? Like we're speaking, you know, we're speaking about our, re- our environments, realities, you know, the you know, families, things like that. And then at some point later on in the, in the, in the progression of time, we have the development of writing and suddenly there's a new, you know, the new kinds of possibilities. It's sort of like a, a really a kind of a paradigm shift for humanity when we, you know, started developing different systems for writing. Mm -hmm. The third big shift that came was broadcasting because then we started like, you know, like, so like, you know, you know, just speaking and kind of talking and then, you know, suddenly your, your message can be delivered beyond your physical reach, mm-hmm. you know, in terms of writing, even beyond that. And even faster yeah. is different forms of broadcasting where they started off with, um, you know, telegraph yeah. and then eventually radio. And now, I mean, worldwide yeah. streaming at an instant, It'll be interesting to see kind of what the what the next sort of shift is, hmm. but throughout all of those, throughout all of those developments, there was a necessity for for Christians to adapt not the message but how they presented the message, which is exactly yeah. what we were talking about earlier. Yeah, and uh, you know, before we had started recording, you had mentioned the innovative church to me, and so I think that might have been why you had mentioned some yeah, of that stuff exactly. earlier. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I, I do like that idea that, you know, yes, it, if the world has changed irreversibly, mm-hmm. then our presentation can change in some ways, provided we still do the kinds of things that we've always needed to do. Yeah. Deep relationships, community, that, that sort of thing. Yeah. yeah. First things first. Yeah. Keep your things first. Yeah. Yeah. Robbie, what are some practices? So in addition to reading, mm-hmm. is there any other practices or things like that uh, that you that you haven't mentioned yet, or something that you want to return to that you've uh, that you've used to kind of help you stay fresh in, uh, especially especially in a season like we've just experienced, where uh, where nothing is normal yeah. in a pandemic. I think um meditation um uh it's not transcendental meditation, okay? So right. I don't have enough don't... candles to meditate like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with some buddhist stones but um <laughs> right yeah because of the time you know that we spent in seclusion when the virus thing just started to make its rounds um i spent a lot of time in my office um, preparing lessons and getting mm-hmm. my setup you know for zoom and all that yeah and so uh it wasn't something that i that i carved out as opposed to i ran into um mm-hmm. but um i became keenly aware of it and um, I think for me, it translated into even when I'm driving, instead of playing a lot of music and different things, I would actually just leave the radio off and just seek to kind of think through the day and what's coming next and just probably talk to God. Yeah. And so I'm not a guru for meditation. 
I don't have like years of practice. I think um, because of the pandemic, I was forced to seek Sabbath in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but it has been really cool to where right now, whenever I jump in the vehicle, automatically I'm like, okay, well, it's like I have a 20 minute commute. Um, let's just have a, a moment of silence. Mm-hmm. And it's refreshing. Uh, there is something to do, something about, you know, um, slowing down, you know, not just your body, but your spirit and just um, being at ease. And you'd be surprised, you know, thoughts of reflection that pop up, insights that come. And, I, and I, I'm like, you know, it's not telekinesis or whatever, but I, right. I feel that, um, you know, the great spirit of God is communing with your spirit because you're seeking, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and what's the promise of scripture? You know, seeking you shall find, you know, yeah. um, uh, asking to be given unto you, you know, um, knock on the door will be opened. So I know that's um, out of context for you um, people are out there. Um, New Testament people. You're getting me. No, I think that's a. I think that's a faithful application of yeah. the kind of thing because when you know when Jesus mentions those sorts of things, he's talking about the kingdom of God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, yeah. you you are seeking to be more fully uh, brought into, more fully immersed. To, to use yeah. language that we're big fans of, you know, more fully immersed into the kingdom. Yeah. 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 You're near, but you're just not in yet, so you got to meditate. <laughs> <laughs> I like how, uh, I really like that practice, actually. Um, this is, my, my wife will, uh, will make fun of me uh, for this kind of thing. Uh, you know, occasionally her friends will ask her, you know, hey, if you, you know, hey, next time you go on a, on a trip or something like that, you know, check out this, uh, check out this podcast or, you know, listen to these songs or stuff like that. And she'll say, well, we actually don't listen to a lot of music in the car because my husband likes to talk to me. <laughs> but it's it, it's in it's part of this uh, it's part of this drive that I feel to you know, to connect with others. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, goodness, you mentioned earlier, you know, the absolute importance of making sure that you are that that you are consistently experiencing a healthy family relationship. Mm-hmm. Too many ministers, uh, folks that we know personally, too many ministers have, have maybe not done what they needed to do to safeguard either time with their family or safeguard, uh, safeguard their hearts mm-hmm. and have had, um, had some pretty tragic uh, things happen largely at their doing. Um, but also, so like that's one thing, just kind of connection. But turning off the turning off the radio, turning off the music, and um, it is, so it's fun. You meant, you describe that as meditation. I almost don't think that as, as meditation. I would call that more reflection. But maybe if we just understand meditation slightly differently than kind of sitting on the floor, you know, trying to empty out our mind, breathing in incense and stuff like that. Yeah. I think I might be able to trim that out. I think we'll the hour, see. the hour was up. So. <laughs> the hour was up, and somebody <laughs> was calling. <laughs> yeah, we need, my wife we, calling. I was asking. I'm supposed to get my son here in about 20 minutes. So. All right, I'll. Uh, well, we've got um, we've got a time frame then. No, but um, I one practice that I've done that I think is pretty useful is to. Um, is to stop and think about what are the things that I struggle with today? 
Did I struggle with those same things a year ago, five years ago, 10 years ago when I was in high school, you know, beyond that, that's been a really useful exercise for me because it helps me see kind of how I have grown. Hopefully I have grown. It also keeps me humble too, because if there are, if there are things that I'm still struggling with, if there's, you know, sins or attitudes or things like that, I'm still struggling with that I've struggled with for 15 years. It's like, you maybe I'm missing something. Maybe I haven't, you know, really made as much progress as I, as I think I have. So Robbie, as we kind of near, near the end of our time together today, is there any, anything else, any kind of last point that you want to revisit or anything you want to bring back up that you, um, that you want to kind of you know, take us home with today? I mean, as an island guy, I just want to say, keep everything iry, man. You know, <laughs> God got this. <laughs> yeah, I like that. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah, cool. I appreciate you having me, man. I think um, you know, this is needed just, you know, for us to reflect on thoughts and, you know, just kind of encourage each other. So um, shout out to everyone who's doing this podcast with you and um, for the wealth of information, you know, and wisdom that um, we're trying to share to help each other grow. So appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. Robbie, brother, glad to have you on, sir. Take care, okay? All right, man. All right. You stay, stay blessed. All right. You too.